0: Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the series where I review a comic book new or old from my collection and rate it on the factors of the cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the book. And then I tell you to get it or shred it. This week I'm reading Aphrodite 9, number 0, published in the year 2000 by Top Cow Image and Wizard Comics. For the video version of the podcast, head on over to youtube.com slash And consider pledging to the podcast for $3.33 a month at patreon.com slash Now let's get on with the show. Alright, a little bit of behind-the-scenes info before the main review. This is a key issue. It is the first appearance of Aphrodite 9, also known as April. This came with an issue of Wizard Magazine. I forgot to look up which one. Maybe I'll put it up on the screen here if I don't get lazy. But this is a preview of a brand new Top Cow slash image character Aphrodite Nine. It shows her vague origin. And this was common at the time. We were getting either issue one half or issue number zero in joint collab with Wizard Comics to get you enticed about a brand new series coming soon. Aphrodite Nine is an Image Comics character. We'll get into all her details in a bit. But she's been around since the year 2000, on and off, and had a relatively recent series as of this video recording. But throughout the years on and off, she's had her own series ...which take place in a futuristic world where assassination is the name of the game... Oh, and Lost Memories and such. But yeah, this is her very first appearance. So if you're reading Wizard Comics, you got this key issue right in your mailbox. So you could fantasize, I I mean, so you can dream about what was to come in this series. And that's what I'm reviewing this week. All right, cover art. Um, Well, they weren't subtle at all. And I'm going to give you two big reasons why this cover is a 5 out of 5. Number one, I love the sort of high-tech aspect of it, where you've got these glowing lines and computer printouts such as initialize ready, zoom 90%, bioroid intact. So that's always fun to me, just this pseudo-tech aspect of things. I'm a tech person, and when I see tech in my comic books, I like that. And my second favorite thing about this book is, yes, of course, that is so brazen. Like, hey, look at me. Hey, boys, this is what you want. Buy this comic book. Or buy this wizard and you get this free comic. And then buy my series later on. So the brazenness of it is my second favorite aspect of the book. And it's definitely early 2000s. This was published in April or so in the year 2000. So a new millennium where we had Photoshop and other graphics software where you can render specular highlights, glowing effects, and lens flare with the touch of a button. So we'll give this cover a five out of five because it just screams early 2000s, late 90s, bad girl, you know why you're here, style. Interior art, well oh, actually one more thing because I forgot because I was distracted uh, for some reason. So uh, David Finch, and Joe Weems worked on this cover, as well as the colorist, Liquid. Now you know. So interior art is the same team there. We've got David Finch, Joe Weems, with actually a bunch of inking. Victor Lamas also worked on this. Marco Galli and Jason Gorder and Colors by Liquid, Letters by Dreamers and Designs, Robin Sphere and Dennis Heisler. So a lot of hands were in this book. And you can tell because every one of them was pressing a different action in Photoshop. Look at this interior cover here. This is so unreadable. But we loved it back in the 90s, back in the early 2000s. Technology was this amazing savior of humanity. And then, of course, we had it represented in such abstract ways in comics. This was, of course, after The Matrix. So you had to just be this really obtuse, abstract, visual side of things that makes no sense but just is amazing trust me bro it's amazing yeah, So look at this little detail here i love this this is so dumb but i love it notice how on each of these credits we have editor colon slash slash hey that looks like an internet website right these brand new websites that you type www.aol.com so this is exactly like on the internet letters colon slash slash blah 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 wow so internety Besides that, you've got like some Latin text in the background and then lens flares like, wow, this is so over the top. All right. But that's just the credits page, the actual interior art. So it's epic. Literally, in the sense here, we have a spaceship in space with stars and a planet and such, and huge explosion of power. Hey, now that I think about it, wait a minute, that's not the... Okay, that's, that's a sun, actually. For a moment, I thought that was just like its rocket engines exploding or whatever. But no, it's a sun and a planet. But come to think of it, that sun is way too close to that planet. But uh, okay, I'm not a stellar cartographer. So we have the vastness of space. We've got this green glowing coming from the ship. Then we have our first of many double page spreads where you definitely see the uh, creators strutting their stuff and showing off their abilities. We have this mysterious character here whose plot armor is very strong. Now I do like this pretty cool, you know, the stained glass or not stained glass but the window design here which you see it here and then in another framing element. So I really like this design with this character, this mysterious character. Now she's all in black so obviously she's one of the good guys, right? No, actually. And then we've got this uh, creepy looking guy over here with his own highlights for some reason. And then this glow, this bloom happening. So it's very cinematic in that that technique happens in movies where you have a light source spilling its light upon something else. But here we can do it digitally for the comics to make it really cinematic. This faded out panel here is kind of nice, monochromatic. And we go kapow, baboom. Uh, look over here. We go to the next double-page spread. So this is a very short comic, and it's even shorter because we've got half of it as double-page spreads. So when you're looking at it vertically here and proceed over here, it looks like, okay, it's still a vertical layout, but then the text is landscape, so I think they made a little mistake there. Your eye is confused. You want to keep it going this way, so the text should have been tilted 90 degrees. This page is interesting because you have a very over rendered design here and then very simple cogs and needles and technology in the back that's very interesting and then these amazing lens flares and glow you've got some highlights now here's the here's the 90s fighting with the 2000s you have the 90s bits of line that is um of that time but then fighting with the brand new computer colorization here so It might not quite fit all together usually we had these hatchings and cross hatchings because we had very simple basic coloring but now we've got every single color in the digital crayon box so you can make these amazing bits of uh, definition and depth just with color so you might not need those lines anymore that's a holdover from the old days the 90s then we go on to a regular pages this almost is also a double page spread these Rapid succession of panels over here showing you something. We'll get to that in the plot. Again, very reliant on computer colorization at the time. Fun purple background, purple gutters. This page is almost monochromatic with flashes of intense red. Computer readouts over here. I wonder if that was intentional. At four hours, two minutes, and zero seconds, 420, haha. Oh, I figured it out. At 420, spark one. Got it. I totally understand the message, David Wall. And so we have some scary guys looking on the creation of this gynoid assassin. Another double-page spread. Again, it's a very short read, and it's mostly full of double-page spreads. And at first I thought, okay, she's nude, and you see everything down there, but she's covering herself up there modestly. And no, she's not, okay? YouTube, she's not nude. She's wearing just super skin-tight assassins outfit that doesn't restrict her mobility. Wow, look at all these sparkles and every single color and just the contrast between the bright warm tones and then the cooler blue tones and then the pervy guys watching the creation of Aphrodite 9. And I ask myself, who has this original art hanging from their ceiling that they gaze upon it every night? And then the final page, another double-page spread, another vertical double-page spread with a very gratuitous, hey, look at me, I can fly a space bike. Her expression's a little too pensive for me, I would have liked that to be a little bit more of a come-hither stare, and uh, yeah, there's no uh, wind in space, but I... Guess that shouldn't deter you from this eye-catching aspect of the art. And then we have, again, that main villainous character, and then some guy with a sword, and then another green guy. So it's kind of a mixture of futuristic stuff, but with swords as well. And uh, space, uh, cities in space and the like, and the uh, planet... And then the last page of regular in-story art here, wow, it all then flips over to some sort of grungy, out-of-the-way corner with our main character waking up from some weird dreams and, uh, yeah, kind of ending on a sad note. Lastly, the book has a uh, sketchbook section, so you get very little story, very little preview in this book. It's not the length of a regular comic at all, it's an issue zero. But then you get the Aphrodite 9 Finch and Wall sketchbook, where they sketch out a few ideas of characters, and I always love to see some sketchy art before it gets the full treatment. Here you have that preview of the villain character, who later, I'll spoil it, this is Madam Chairman. So shades of Bride of Frankenstein, H.R. Giger style, and a dominatrix, a winning combination. This is funny over here. This is Baron von something or other. Uh, Don't worry, he's already dead. But fun sketch of him with his little familiar or some advisor and such. And then lastly, we have here the hedonists of the civilization. Off the top of my head, I don't remember if any of these shots then appeared in future Aphrodite books. Or they were just relegated to uh, sketches in the back of this very short book. Which then ends at that point. So, interior art, I'll give it a 5 out of 5. Merely for the nostalgia of early 2000s excess. When you have every single color in Photoshop, you've got to use it, right? All right, plot. So the plot is by another David. We've got Dave Finch on art, but then we've got Dave Wall on writing duties with Dave Finch, uh, who are credited as uh, creators of Aphrodite 9. It's such a ponderous read about the meaning of the universe and who created us and... And is there a god? And why are we here? And then we have sort of hintings over here. You realize that belief in an intangible and incomprehensible god isn't enough in this world. He can't explain everything they see. And as much as they'd like him to, he definitely won't tell them why they were created, if he even created them at all. All Alright, hint, hint. So subtle. You'll see about it later. Spoiler alert. She is the sort of like grand leader of everything. So this whole talking about he created you in his image, actually, it was her that created her in her image. She is, again, Madam Chairman, the all-powerful one. And what is it that we are talking about creation? Well, a robotic lady assassin. That's kind of another spoiler there. So shades of Terminator, but sexy Terminator. This was, of course, before T3, before we got the TX model. We have a female-type Terminator, all being... Put together, with more ponderous thoughts being put out. Your every emotion is programmed, every synapse monitored, every action orchestrated, every reaction anticipated long ago, before you were born. So that's interesting. It's it's sort of like the uh, predestiny of religion, but in a futuristic setting with a created organism, a gynoid, uh, assassin... Once again, we've got here the perfect weapon, intelligent, powerful, resourceful. You can topple empires. You already have, you just don't know it. So again, spoiler alert, this is the ninth version of the Aphrodite series of assassins. This one is to be named April. And every time there's a successful assassination or not successful, the memory is wiped, the body is reconstructed and sent out to another mission to kill. Hey, didn't I first read that in Scud Disposable Assassin? Anyway, never mind. Scud never had an ass like that. An amazing green hair. So, Birch, here's another character that's going to play a a role in things. We've got Madam Chairman, Aphrodite 9, and Birch with intergalactic shenanigans. But first, we have to have the mystery in this issue number zero of, okay, creating an assassin droid, uh, but she doesn't remember ponderous thoughts. Believe me, Aphrodite, it's safer that way for all of us. Now, who's the narrator? I want to know who's the narrator. Is it David Wall or some other uh, omniscient narrator? And then the writing on the sketchbook is just a uh, quick info there. So uh, for the plot of things. I'll give this a four and a half out of five. It's mysterious enough to maybe think, have you thinking about coming back to read the next issues. It's extremely short, however. I would have liked more detail, but it's an issue zero. It's really focused on the visuals, not the writing of it all. So four and a half out of five. Enjoyability of the book. Okay, come on. Enjoyability of the book. What is the enjoyability of this book? It's almost as, as if this book were put together for me and uh, my particular aspects of enjoyment. Get your mind out of the gutter. This is a very enjoyable book. It is so early 2000s, so late 90s, so post Matrix, so rise of Photoshop. It's a quick, breezy read. It's all the eye candy. It was a free issue with your latest issue of Wizard. It's a five out of five enjoyability. As I said, the series went on, first to a five-issue series, and then another six issues, and so forth, on and off, throughout the 2000s. And there's even a side story, Aphrodite 9. So this is a whole rich world to explore. And so if there's an over-the-top lens flare, specular highlight, or glow or two, I don't hate it. Now, should you get it or shred it? Well, definitely shred it. This book is trash. This particular one... It's an issue zero, there's very little plot, it's all eye candy, it is tapping into the stereotypical fetishes of boys reading comic books, where they're only thinking of one thing, the plot. But who am I to judge? If you want your own copy of the first appearance of Aphrodite 9, have at it. And yes, I definitely had the Tal Bachman song playing while I was reading this book. And actually, the book ended before the song ended. <laughs> it is that quick of a read. Oh, one one final thought. What is up with this outfit? This is one of the most WTF outfits out there. All right, so we have, like, this top, which reminds me, like, Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy 7 We've got these futuristic suspenders over here to hold up what little of the skirt there is. We have to, of course, bunch it all up to check out, I don't know, she's showing off her gun or other aspects of her outfit. We've got this leopard print, um... Uh, Garter belt, I guess, which you can then attach the gun holster to and have a huge gun You've got the parts of like when she was being created or whatever and she was in bandages I guess so she's got this mummy aesthetic going on badass boots that feel like uh, HR Giger ish Elbow pads a bunch of bullets some kind of cool long um, sleeve things whatever these are gloves purple hair A little bit of a purple cutie mark or something. I don't know what that is there. Again, if you stop and and actually pay attention to the uh, various parts of this uh, outfit, uh, you're really going to uh, question yourself. Here's another shot of it. It doesn't have the sort of a taxi cab design over here, but you've got everything else. Actually, we're missing the the gun holsters down here. And I guess there's a couple of bits of the mummy wraps. There's that skirt that will not stay put. Suspenders, I like the other one on the cover better. Oh, she's got green lipstick here, but not green lipstick on the cover. Anyway, I'm getting way too hard. I mean, I'm thinking way too hard about Aphrodite 9's outfit. How about you? And that was my review for Aphrodite 9, published in the year 2000 by Image Comics et al. What did you think? Was this short and sweet preview enough for you to read the whole series? Were there various aspects of this book that were eye-catching to you? Is it intriguing to you to have a cybernetic assassin who refuses their programming? Hey, didn't I see that first on Scud? Well, anyway, Scud never had a booty that wouldn't quit. And green hair. So it's all good. So once again, did you watch the video version of the podcast? Head on over to youtube.com slash if you didn't. Why imagine Aphrodite 9's assets when you can actually see them and marvel at them. And you know what? I would really appreciate if you head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash and consider pledging for $3.33 a month. What a deal. You help out the channel, you keep it funded, you keep it going, and you become a part of it. All for $3.33 a month. Amazing. If you can't quite pledge at the moment, no worries, simply like, comment, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the good stuff, help me go viral. I would really appreciate it. And so once again, this week I read Aphrodite 9, Number Zero, published in the year 2000, by Wizard, Top Cow, and Image Comics. This has been the Weekly VM Compost Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.